0: Many of you know as well that this weekend is a launch also of the NFL season, which to borrow the words of Alexander Pope as a Chicago Bears fan, hope springs eternal. My, I'm not going to listen to you on that one. My, my father trained me well to be a Bears fan. So all my life, in the youngest years, remember those days, even going to Wrigley Field to watch the Bears play the Packers one time. I mean, and the Bears, if you know of their history, they had some early years of glory. But then, mainly, they just hovered solidly around mediocrity. But in 1982, though, after years of frustration, George Hallis, the owner of the Bears, hired a new coach, Mike Ditka. And actually, remember the news reports that came out after Ditka's first team meeting with all of his players because there was a lot of talk about that meeting because in it, Ditka said to the team, this is our objective, this is our mission, this is what we're here for, to win the Super Bowl. Now, that seems obvious, doesn't it? You think probably every team is aiming to win the Super Bowl. And, and perhaps so. But it was interesting, what the players said afterwards, and I still remember the reports of this, was we all kind of knew that was the goal, but no coach had ever said it while we'd been here. We might have assumed it, but we kind of drifted from it because no one put it just that clearly and bluntly. Because up to that point, coaches had said things like, we, we want to establish a more versatile offensive attack, or we want to have the best defense in the league. Again, good objectives, but those are really only means to an end, to, to the primary mission of winning the Super Bowl. So four years after Ditka's declaration in that team meeting, the Bears did win their first Super Bowl, their first NFL championship in 23 years clarity. (laughs) Yogi Berra the great New New York Yankees catcher said if you don't know where you're going you're likely to end up someplace else. Now I know many of you have been here for many years. Some of you perhaps this is your first time gathering with us and so it just seems fitting then that as we launch into the kind of this new year together we consider the question what are we doing here? I mean, over the coming weeks, that's the question that we're going to consider together. I mean, we've got a, a wonderful new facility, wonderful communities we're part of here in Walden and in Bridalwood where Imago Day meets. So now what? I mean, are we, are we just here for kind of weekly gatherings where we have some worship, some readings and some teaching? I, is that what we're about? Or is there something larger, more, more comprehensive that explains what we're here for. So today on this launch weekend, I just wanna give us two pictures, two images, that are gonna provide kind of a first response to that question. So a first picture for us. I don't know if you heard about this, but the, the Thursday immediately before our first weekend worship service gatherings here at Walden. As cleanup teams were enthusiastically, so devotedly of our own people, doing some final dusting, scrubbing, kind of organizing, vacuuming up and down the corridors. As that final cleanup was being done, kind of a funny thing happened. Sewage started backing up in the pipes of our main lobby, the Cardo. And I don't mean rainwater. It was sewage in three different spots in the corridor. And as the group stood there stunned, watching the sewage just start flowing out, someone rightly observed, well, that's not good. (laughs) But I tell you, that that event, it it did a couple things, actually. First, it, it really put some things in perspective. Because when sewage is backing up in your church, it kind of makes light dusting seem a bit superfluous. <laughs> and, and, and just so you know, that, that, that sewage problem got all taken care of. Our plumber was a hero, cleared the pipes, put a camera down there, checked it all out. And, and so it's all clear now. Carpet's been replaced, everything's been sanitized. So Southview, flush away, <laughs> be released. Okay, but second, That sewage backup actually was also a great reminder because that is so much like life, just so much like us. Because, friends, we all come here with junk, every one of us. And, and, and we come here not because we've gotten rid of all the junk and challenge in our life. No. We come here because we still have waste, mess, and obstacles in our life. And, and we therefore come to, to the one who can lead us through the, the muck of life. The one who scripture speaks of as Emmanuel. He is God with us. I, I am so aware of this. I, I know that the looks and appearance of this place can deceive us. Because sometimes we think, we, we gather like this because we kind of have a dust problem in our lives we're not that bad our lives just need some dusting just some tidying up so let's be reminded friends every one of us has a sewage problem at this point I was gonna have you turn to the person next to you and say you have a sewage problem (laughs) decided as good as we look on the outside Every one of us has regret, darkness, sewage in our lives. I do, you do. And we come here because Jesus offers not to dust or just better organize our lives. Friends, we, we come here because Jesus is the only one who can kind of clean out the darkness of our hearts and lives. And through his divine grace, through his death and resurrection, scripture says he can make us pristine. A holy, set apart, sanctified. That, that's what this place is set apart for. Friends, that's what we are set apart for. You know, I, I grieve over this, honestly. I, I grieve that some people stay away from the church because they feel their lives are too messy. And, and, and they think you've got to get your life straightened out. You've got to get it cleaned up before you start approaching jesus or coming to the body of christ or getting involved in the church and that's just the complete opposite of the reality i mean we come here we gather like this because each one of us just so deeply needs help and strength and grace and forgiveness and healing in our lives you know the gospel of mark tells a very enlightening story about this and about jesus And about what we're seeking to be. It's in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 2. And and Jesus here, he's in his hometown of his ministry years in Capernaum, up at the north end of the Sea of Galilee. And this is what we read in Mark 2. We'll pick it up in verse 13. And, And remember, this is a word of God. And it says there, Jesus went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him. He was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Levi rose and followed him. So let's be clear, Levi was a tax collector. And if you don't know the culture in that time, understand that in, in this culture, a tax collector was despised. They, they were Jews who were viewed as essentially being traitors because essentially they were helping out the occupying Roman forces. And everyone believed that the tax collectors were corrupt. And so understand this, when a Jew, like Levi here, when a Jew became a tax collector, they were regarded as an outcast from society. They were disqualified to serve as any kind of judge in legal matters. They were actually disqualified from serving even as a witness in the courts. They were excommunicated from the synagogue. And, and in the eyes of the community, the tax co- collector's disgrace, extended even to their family. And so here's Jesus. Jesus invites this messed up outcast to dinner. They go to dinner together. They're sitting down there in the home. They sit down to dinner. And along with them, Levi invites all his tax collector outcast friends. Picture that dinner. And this is what we read in Mark 2, verse 16 and the scribes of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, when they saw that he was eating with sinners, tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors? It was sinners. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, listen to this, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Friends, Jesus said he still says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I came to call those who feel like they have crap flowing through the corridors of their lives. That's what Jesus is saying here. And over and over again in scripture, we see Jesus moving toward the bondage, the brokenness, the sin that someone else was in. And and then inviting them to freedom and healing in him. Whether it was a blind man beside the road or a woman caught in adultery, whether it was a lame man laying beside a pool or a rejected tax collector, or even the apostle Peter, who in Jesus' moment of greatest need said, I don't even know that fool. Jesus went after each one of them. He stepped into their situation and showed them that his love was more powerful than their muck. So know this. Jesus isn't afraid of your junk, friends. And as a matter of fact, he wants to be in it with you and help you in the midst of whatever you are facing. And, and Jesus invites you to trust him with the mess of your broken past, the mess you've made by your own poor choices, the mess that we experience from how others have sinned against us. And, and the mess that comes just from living in this broken world. So so know this, God doesn't try to just kind of love us from a distance. Our God doesn't say, just clean yourself up a bit. and Nor does he say, that in some kind of commandment, just, just try harder and live a better life. Here's some principles to follow. No, in, in Jesus, our God, he, he stepped into our mess, into the darkness of this world for us to set us free. So let me ask you, as we just begin this year, is there a mess in your life that feels like it's overwhelming you? What is it in your life that you just feel weighed down by? Jesus didn't just step into the mess 2,000 years ago, friends. He is ready and able right now to step into whatever you are dealing with right in this moment and, and lead us and strengthen us through it. And and know this, as followers of Jesus, if your faith is in him, as followers of Jesus, we are then called by him to follow his example through the empowering of his Holy Spirit. And we are then to run toward the junk and the pain and the darkness that those around us are dealing with. So let's be clear on this. That's part of what we're doing here. In fact, can we do something together on this? (laughs) Could you all, can you just look down at a nice new carpet below your feet? Just for a second there, and and, and then would you take your shoe? Both of them, take your shoes. Just dig it into the carpet for a second. Would you just scuff the carpet? Take your shoe, go ahead. I release you to do that, mosaic as well, all right? Okay. Friends, that's to remind us kind of very tangibly We wanna be good stewards of this place, we we really do. But this is not a place to be protected or just treasured. This is a place to be used for for the ministry of Christ in the messes of life, amen? That's what this place is for. Okay, so a second picture, a a second image for us that helps remind us what we're doing here. And we've been sharing with this with you, and most of you know that we've attempted with just the great help of our architects and our builders to include a a number of symbolic elements in this facility that that really help declare, help remind us when we come here, both who Jesus is and what we're to be about. And and so, for example, that's why we have four windows in this worship center here, to remind us of the four gospels, really, that are source of light to us uh, of the life and ministry of Jesus. The beams in the cardo, we've explained what those are about. The the vine etchings on the front main entrance for us. We've explained those things. The limestone, what's that supposed to picture for us? And in fact, if it would be of any help to you, we put together a booklet. It just says Walden on the front that explains some of these symbolic elements that you can pass on to your kids as well and let them share and be formed by what we're seeking to explain and declare in this place. But I want you to know that there is an additional symbolic element, a a metaphor here at Walden that we couldn't have paid for or planned for more beautifully, more fittingly. Because I think many people might have built on this land and kind of, they would have tried to forget or ignore what's located right next door to them to the east. It's a trash heap, it's a garbage dump but it's in the process of being decommissioned and in the process over the coming years of, of actually being reformed into what will be a beautiful park with trails, trees, and gathering places. And friends, I, I love that where we reside and will gather and minister and, and support Imago and Mosaic and, and invite friends and neighbors join with us, it is right next door to a garbage dump which in time will become a beautiful park. Because I can hardly think of a better picture for what we're about at Southview, what the good news of Jesus declares, what we're to express as an outpost of the kingdom of God, than that in the process of being reformed garbage dump. Listen to God's word. This is what it says in 1 Samuel 2, verse 8. This is from the New Living Translation. It says here, God lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from where? The garbage dump. He sets them among princes, places them in seats of honor for all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. So let's be clear in this. In Jesus Christ, the God of creation offers to take this junk, this garbage, the mess of our lives and by his undeserved love and grace transform our muck into beauty and, and healing and restoration a parkland it's like it's a new creation in our lives in fact the apostle paul put it precisely this way in second corinthians 5 17. let's read this together read it with me will you? therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old is passed away behold the new has come the new has come <laughs> So in a word, if you want to summarize it down, what all this is about, friends, is transformation. I mean, and if you're thinking, I really don't want to change. I'm fine with how I am. You're probably in the wrong place, actually. Because, friends, life with Jesus is a life of Transformation. It is, it's, it's a life in which by the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's redeeming work in us, it, it, it leads us to a life in which where, where there's been fear, we can increasingly know courage. Where there's been harshness, love begins to be expressed. Where there's been despair, we can know joy. Where, where there's been anxiety, we can begin to experience peace. Where there's been bitterness, starting to know gentleness in our lives. So are you willing to be transformed, to, to be changed, as we follow Jesus. And and I know that might sound uncomfortable to some of us. In fact, Mark Twain put it this way. The the only person who likes change is a wet baby. (laughs) But let's be clear. That's what we're about. And so we put it this way to say this from Christ is our mission as a community of faith. It's simply this. It is to lead as many as possible to passionately follow Jesus. That's what we're about. So so may I give us an encouragement as we start out this year together? And and please listen closely so you don't misunderstand me. I, I know when we gather like this, I know we are all in very different places on our spiritual journey in life. I, I know that for some of us here, for, for some of you, you are you're just beginning to consider who Jesus is and, and what following him means. And, and for you, perhaps even, what we do when we gather like this might even feel a bit odd, and I totally get that. But I, I want you to know, we're just so thankful you're here, and, and we want this to be a place where you can consider Jesus. Jesus consider what life with him would look like, and really consider, do I want to follow him? Because that, that is a hugely significant decision that understandably takes time and reflection. And really we'd love to walk with you, support you as you consider that decision for yourself. And, and so I want you to know, it is absolutely okay to be here and just say, I'm, I'm just considering Jesus. But I know others of us have, maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for many years, and you're here right now, and, and you'd say, if you were honest, that there's a weariness in your heart. It, maybe it's from the journey of life, or, or maybe it's a weariness from being wounded by the church. And, and maybe you're just, you're just seeking cool water, just some refreshment, spiritually. And you might feel like your tank is kind of empty and you, you just feel like, I need some rest, I need some Sabbath. Or, or perhaps you just need to know that this place, this gathering, as we gather together, is a, is a safe place. A, a place where you can experience community and, and support and, and as you seek to know Jesus. And in this, friends, I want you to know we support you in whatever season or rest you need. In, in this journey and pray that you'd be refreshed as we gather together and have time to regain health and trust. And I also know others of us, and maybe even you've been coming here for some time, and maybe you've saved, you put your trust in Jesus. And, and you appreciate coming here on weekends and having kind of a religious lift on the weekend. But really, you're not that interested in changing much in your life. You, you like things the way you are, and, and really, you're kinda of happy to do the church thing on a weekend, but you, you wanna live life your way. And really, if you were honest right now, you'd say, I don't really like this idea of messy stuff coming into the church. May I in love say to you, I, I really don't think this is the place you wanna be. I really don't think you wanna be here. Because I think every week, what I or whoever is teaching, What we're saying is going to annoy you. It will be that way. But if you actually want to learn about following Jesus, if your heart is open in that way, even if it's with a sense of, Lord, I do want to follow you, but would you help me in those places where I don't want to follow you? Because I know there are many times in my life where I don't particularly feel like responding immediately in obedience to Jesus. I know what that feels like. Because we are all learning in this path. And if that's you, we'd love to have you with us. So with that level of clarity, and we're going to clarify more in the coming weeks, it it seems fitting on this launch weekend that we close this time with, with declaring and remembering together who our God is. So I want to pray, and then Brett and the worship team are going to come and lead us. So will you pray with me? And Father, thank you for your grace, which we sing of as being amazing grace, astounding grace, that that you would care for us. And again, we wonder, what are we that you are even mindful of us? But we thank you how your grace, your love is poured out upon us. And I pray for every one of my friends gathered here and, and Mosaic. Father, this year, would you lead us to know you? And truly to enjoy you and experience your grace in community together. And Father, we pray that empowered by the Holy Spirit, we would reflect Jesus well in moving into the mess, the junk, the pain that our friends around us are walking through. Guide us to that end, we pray, so that you'd be glorified. And now we pray you'd receive these words of song from us as we declare the wonder of your goodness and grace. And again, all God's people say, amen.